the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. We've heard about NFTs, that's non-fungible tokens, and the potential for digital artists to make fortunes from their creations. Who would have thought a digital unicorn would sell for tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars? Blockchain company Libertas recently announced it would launch a marketplace for NFTs right here in South Africa, which will give local artists and content creators an opportunity to monetize their creations. Joining us to unpack this is Asif Aziz, Chief Technology Officer at Libertas, the company behind the NFT marketplace. Hi, Asif. Thanks a lot for joining us. Tell us a little bit about the NFT marketplace you're launching and when can we expect to see it operational? Hi, Kiran. Thanks for inviting us to speak on this topic. Um, yeah, I think the NFT marketplace is certainly something we're excited to launch in South Africa as well. Um, Libertas has been playing in the space is for quite some time in terms of blockchain technology, but this is one of the exciting projects I would say that, we, that we're excited to launch in SA. I think specifically in the South African context, if you look at the, like you've mentioned, the local artists and the fact that South Africa is so rich in its culture, um, allowing people to actually um, monetize their art as well as to be able to get a global exposure that, that, that that's great rewards for us as well. Um, the NFT marketplace from our side, we are in final stages at the moment. Um, we're looking for a soft launch um, within the next 10 days or so. Um, and yeah, we'll I'll share the link towards the end of this video or towards the end of this podcast where they would be able to actually access the NFT marketplace um, within the next 10 days. I think it's important for people to know, and I'm sure digital artists would be very keen to make contact with you because this is an opportunity for people who are involved in digital creations to actually monetize their work. So who is it actually aimed at? Are you trying to attract the artists or investors or both? Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, when it comes to NFTs, the artists obviously have a way of monetizing their their um, art, right? Um, by them actually creating digital platforms or digital uh, art pieces that, that that they can sell on a platform. Um, what it allows for them to do is to actually monetize something that they weren't able to get that level of exposure previously. Um, from an investor's perspective, um, the fact that it's a unique piece that the investor will have access to um, will claim to to be his own. Um, I think investors are are, are rushing towards this field, um, specifically in this generation. I think uh, social media, etc., for the fact that you are able to post a single piece of art on your social media platform, um, created by a known artist, um, that gives you the ability to actually have that boasting rights. But also, as that artist grows as an individual, um, that piece of art that you may have purchased when that artist had started also grows in value. So the investor then purchases that that piece of art um, with the intent of then selling it at a later stage for um yeah you know like 10 times the value of what it was bought or five times the value of what it is for bought so the return on investment could be good um for specific art pieces and 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 the nature of that that artist i think for people who are unfamiliar with nfts maybe just a quick explanation of course whenever you view a piece of digital art on the internet millions of people can look at it the whole concept behind NFTs is that there's only one owner. Millions of people can still look at it, but there's only going to be one owner. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. So I think the most 
opt example is the one of the Mona Lisa and, and people have used this a lot, um, but I'll use the same example because it explains it well. Um, if you look at the Mona Lisa, everybody can go to the museum and view the Mona Lisa and they can take pictures of the Mona Lisa, um, but that picture on your phone doesn't mean that you own the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is one in one in its kind and hence the owner is the person that owns that Mona Lisa. Um, and similarly, the NFT um, that is created by the, the person that creates it, um, they, they, and when they sell it, it becomes one in its kind on the blockchain. The blockchain then keeps a record of every time it changes hands, every time it's sold. Um, and that is the single piece of unique item that exists. Even though you can download it and you can save it, you don't own the physical item that was created initially. And uh, I think that's the explanation in terms of where the NFT uh, bridges that digital gap. So are you encouraging artists to reach out to you and to come to you with proposals that they want to actually have their artwork converted into NFTs and maybe make a, some money out of this? Uh, are you not going to be swamped with, with inquiries from all sorts of people? Or is it open field? You're just you're welcoming fields, people yeah. from everywhere. 100% yeah um, so so we've already been swamped with quite a few artists as well um, I think uh, we literally giving artists the opportunity to list their NFTs on the NFT marketplace that is developed by Libertas um, as well as to be able to create those NFTs on the blockchain that is created by Libertas I think what's unique in this offering is that any artist that would have created NFTs previously um, would have done so on the Ethereum blockchain and that would be sold on the existing marketplaces however it's not a local grown marketplace with a locally grown blockchain um, on the nft marketplace launched by libertas we're launching it uh, in integration with the tsf blockchain which is our very own blockchain um, and those artists then will be purchasing and buying those nfts using the tsf coin um, which is the fuel for the for the blockchain in itself um, what what that allows for other businesses as well is when you're creating an nft from a business perspective and i'll go into that now um, if you had created tokenized your business in the past if you had created a token in terms of a currency that is used for exchange or rewards etc at your business you can then now use those tokens as the currency for exchange on the NFTs that you've launched for your business. Um, I think it opens up a whole new world in terms of what is possible having our own blockchain launch the NFT marketplace. Right. Libertas, of course, does have its own blockchain and MoneyWeb readers may be familiar with Libertas because we've done a few stories about some of the interesting projects that you've been involved with. So you're essentially using the blockchain to solve everyday business problems. One example of that would be automating insurance claims when you have a car accident. And everybody knows who's ever been involved in claiming for an accident is that it can take quite a long time. You've got to get an assessor around and there's arguments as to, you know, how much is this, this bump in your car? Is it going to cost and all that kind of thing? But you've actually done this in the real world. Maybe explain that and some of the use cases for blockchain that you're busy with at the moment. Yeah, so what we've done in the use cases in the real world is create allowing smart contracts within our blockchain to be able to resolve everyday business issues. Um, so if you have an inefficiency within your business, or if you're finding that you're leaking in terms of certain areas of your business, um, blockchain technology allows for you to manage that as well as automate it. Um, so the smart contracts on the TSF blockchain then automates the business function, um, giving you back that efficiency so that you can focus on your business uh, processes. Um, or 
on your business core products. Um, use cases could be something as simple as supply chain, in instance where you have supply chain that is running through a blockchain, um, you have less touch points for human intervention, um, giving you efficiency as well as cost saving, um, allowing the, the resources obviously to, to work on, on, on more um, pressing matters. Um, another use case in terms of the NFT as well, well as blockchain um, would be real estate in the in the NFT space. We, um, in partnership with CrowdProp, are launching the NFT marketplace uh, or the NFT plat uh, products um, that allows for you to buy almost uh, preference shares or dividends in, in physical property. Um, and that uh, and by launching it with CrowdProp, CrowdProp has physical property that backs the, the NFT that is being launched on the platform, on the CrowdProp platform. Right. And are you busy with any real estate projects at the moment? Uh, if you are, tell us about that. Yeah, so I think there's two that we're currently busy with. One is the CloudProp um, integration and the partnership with CloudProp allows for users to be able to buy, sell any uh, physical NFTs that is backed by physical property. Um, and the other one that we're doing at the moment is the Rare Earth Sanctuaries. So the Rare Earth Sanctuaries also creates, uh, well, is intending to create NFTs that will back the almost shares into the hotels that they're launching in, in Africa. Um, what the Real Sanctuary Hotel does, is, or the NFT backing that hotel does, is it allows for the user that's purchasing into that NFT access to the hotel and different uh, benefits from holding that NFT. They would be able to call on that when, when they reach the hotel. So it's quite fascinating that we're starting to see some very interesting and innovative ways for companies and property developers to raise funds for their developments. You talked about the two hotels in Africa, and this is essentially what you're buying as an NFT, which is a digital art creation, but that is backed by actual real estate, I believe on the Zambezi River. These are two hotel projects on the Zambezi River. Is that correct? That is 100% correct, yeah. So what we've done on the project is we've tokenized the project in, in terms of raising funds for the development of the project. Um, the client has then, after tokenizing it, allowed for us to then develop NFTs on the NFT marketplace for the sale of, of certain benefits to, to, to that project. Um, by tokenizing it, the Real Earth Sanctuary coin then, or token exists on the Libex platform where users can go and purchase the Real Earth Sanctuary uh, token from the Libex platform. Right. And Libex, of course, is your own crypto exchange. That's Libex, L-I-B-E-X dot A-I. Just tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's a part of your business. I don't know if it's a major part or not. And how many cryptos you have available there for people to buy? Yeah, so... It's a part of our business. It's within the ecosystem. I think when Liberta started, what our intent has always been was to create a full blockchain ecosystem. And an ecosystem does mean that you need to have an exchange platform where users will be able to call on that value that they that they own. Um, and then Libex, what we've done on Libex is we've listed, I think, what, 30 odd tokens and coins um, of various natures on there. There are some gaming tokens that, that we bring into SA at the moment. Um, so, so there's a large amount of coins tokens that users can go in and purchase on the Libex platform, um, BTC, Ethereum, some of the common ones. However, there is some uncommon such as Decentraland and Sandbox um, that people are, are flogging towards. Right. Of course, gaming coins like Decentraland, Decentraland and and sandbox are becoming quite huge. There's a lot of movements of money into these gaming coins. This is where gamers can play games and actually earn real money. Quite fascinating. Um, so I think that probably makes you the only exchange in South Africa where 
you can actually purchase these gaming coins. Am I correct in that? Yes, I think that that is largely correct. And I think the reason that we've that we've um, gone down this road is specifically because of our interest in both the NFTs as well as the metaverse, right? Um, because Libertas is looking to play in, in, in the metaverse space as part of our next projects or projects down the line, um, bringing in Decentraland and Sandbox just speaks to our strategy for 2022. Okay, now... You've mentioned this word tokens and tokenization a couple of times. And I think for people who are MoneyWeb listeners who might understand the concept of shares and even preference shares, they might have a little bit of difficulty understanding tokens and where does that fit in and how is it different from an NFT? Maybe just give us a, you know, tokenization 101. Yeah, so a token or tokenization of a business means that you're creating a currency in which that business can operate, right? Um, so tokenizing a media house, for example, what you do is creating that token for the media house. Um, it will allow users to purchase or people to purchase advertising space using the token of that media house, or it would allow for users to um, make comments, etc., uh, using tokens on, on, on that solution. So you're creating multiple tokens. You're not creating creating one token for a solution or tokenized business, you're creating a million tokens, for example, whereas an NFT would be a single of that kind. Um, so when someone creates an NFT, it's literally one token that is created on the blockchain um, that has that backing of that physical or digital asset behind it. Um, I think that's the difference between the two. Tokenization would be multiple to create a almost a currency or an exchange, um, whereas an NFT will be a single, single item that has a monetary value behind it. I think one of the things that people might find a little bit strange about this whole issue of tokenization is the speed with which it can be done. I mean, for a company looking for a capital raise, you can actually, you from concept or conceptualization of the token to listing on, let's say, the Libex exchange, that could be a matter of weeks. Whereas if you're looking at the stock exchange, that could be months and even you know a year, I guess. Correct. Yeah. So the speed with which this can be turned around is, is quite fascinating. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I think the development in terms of um, launching a token for a business or tokenizing a business um, is a lot is a lot quicker than what you would expect in the, in the stock exchange. Um, most of the time that goes into tokenizing a business is more on the due diligence and the research that you do into that business to understand the viability, feasibility, as well as the, 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 the reality of that business. And once you have that, once you've done that due diligence on the business, um, tokenizing it can take, like you said, up to weeks um, just to develop. Um, I think maximum is what we've done within three weeks um, to develop as well as launch on the LibEx exchange. Of course, one of the reasons for that is that it's an unregulated space at the moment, and there, there might be some more regulatory hoops that you have to go through in the future when regulations are introduced. But as things stand, it is pretty unregulated. So the, the one thing that you do or is, is common practice in listing a token is you have a white paper. And uh, the white paper is basically the, the business case behind the token issue. Am I right in that? Well, maybe just explain that in a bit more detail. 100% correct. Yeah. So the, so the white paper would be almost our guideline in terms of our due diligence. Once you create the white paper or once the business creates the white paper, it speaks to the purpose of the tokenization. Um, it speaks to oh, where are the milestones in terms of that business? What are they trying to achieve through the tokenization, et cetera? Um, and by us doing the due 
diligence against the white paper, it gives the reader the confidence that 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 um, tokenization as well as the white paper um, allows for them to make a good investment into it. Um, like you're saying, it is an unregulated market at the moment, and hence the the timeline is a lot quicker than it should be. Um, however, ensuring that 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 regulatory due diligence is done is key in terms of listing viable projects on 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 our exchange as well as on our blockchain. Okay, tell us how you yourself got started in cryptos and, and blockchain. Have you been at this for a few years? Or are you a relative newcomer to it? No, so we've been around since 2018. Libertas is a company initially started um, looking purely at development and we created our own blockchain and hence created all of our other applications and products around that. Um, so we understood being a blockchain solutions company of in the fintech space, um, what we needed was the core technology to be in place. And, and, and that is where we, we launched TSF, um, TSF blockchain. And by doing so, we, it allowed for us to then do our B2B solutions as well as create the rest of the ecosystem. MoneyWeb ran a story explaining that one of the most profitable crypto mines in the world is based here in Joburg. And that, of course, is your very own crypto mine. And Libertas has its own blockchain and cryptocurrency called the TSF. Uh, is it still among the most profitable crypto mines in the world? Um, so TSF in itself um, allows for it to be profitable, but it depends on fluctuation of price. So when TSF at, the, at that moment in time was $50, $50 um, it was a profit, one of the most profitable coins to mine um, based on supply, based on demand, based on many factors, as well as the Bitcoin uh, saga. Um, you see a lot of coins dropping in price and TSF is currently sitting at around, I think, $0.12. Cents. Um, however, as we progress, as we do more developments on the blockchain, we will see the price of the coin increase in value as well. Um, and that will allow for, for it to be profitable in terms of oh, one of the most profitable once again. Um, NFT marketplace would, would push us um, along that strategy as well. And that, that's the reason for it. Okay. Of course, the, the more NFTs you list, because people are going to have to pay with the TSF coin, right? 100% correct. So you're going to see demand. And this is what you what everybody who's developing projects on a blockchain and you have your own blockchain what you're trying to do is to drive more applications and more use cases towards your particular blockchain and that's what you're doing with the nft marketplace and all of these other business solutions that we've been talking about right that's correct yes to create the demand to create the network to ensure that the network is strong to ensure that the network is growing um, more and more projects need to be launched on that network a final question, Asif, what other new projects are you working on that are exciting or that we should know about? Um, I think post-launch of the NFT marketplace, we're delving straight into the DeFi platform. We've already launched or we've already started developing the interface um, in terms of DeFi, I think it's still premature for me to to highlight some of the functionality and the use cases for it, um, but we're very excited about that one and the DeFi platform will be the next project that we will be launching. Well, it sounds like a very exciting pipeline and a very exciting future for Libertas. So thanks very much for joining us, Asif Aziz, who is Chief Technology Officer at Libertas. Thank you so much for having us, Kieran. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, Go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.